Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the Acts of the Apostles and I'm right now in chapter 20. In chapter 19 was where there was riot at Ephesus against Apostle Paul, where Alexander the Coppersmith rose up and said we should take this thing to court and not be not cause any rabble rousing. And then he, uh, Alexander the Coppersmith made his, his own charge to go and Oppose Apostle Paul when he was a prisoner in Rome, but Apostle Paul was mentioning in uh, to the Timothy. Now, chapter twenty is where we are going right now. I believe the Lord will give us more insight as we I read these chapters, verse by verse, and I stop and commented so that we can get some more insight of what happened in the first in the first church where the gospel was going from cities to cities, from section to section. Apostle Paul was preaching about and many people were being converted. Apostle Paul did so many signs and even the aprons and from his body was taken to people and they were being healed. That revival was, was broke up as he was thinking, yeah, I now need to take this revival to Jerusalem. And there from Jerusalem, I will take it to Rome. We are signs and wonders may be brought and people, great men will believe. You see, that was cut short by this routing at Ephesus and he'd been arrested in Jerusalem when he got to Jerusalem by this same the Jews from Asia. Standard the compassmith that went to Jerusalem or went to Israel, to Rome to go and speak against Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul was mentioning to in the book of letters to Timothy said Alexander the compassmith did me more shivu. And in one most Timothy also be aware of him also because he has greatly resisted our our word. Now let's go to chapter 20 of Acts of the Apostles. Apostle Paul, we wanted to move on from Ephesus. Verse 1. After the uproar, after the uproar of this uh, rioting was after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go to into Macedonia. So he would decide to leave Asia, go to Macedonia, but it's already called Rocco in Asia, right now in Ephesus. Now he wanted to just leave Asia and go to another section of the world, Macedonia, where he has been before. That was where he had the Lydia, Philippa, Taratara. So those are the places where he went now to go to. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. That's where Athens was. So he was now just visiting the believers that he has been converted before. Verse 3, and he said, and there abode three months in Greece. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. So everywhere he went, because he was Jew, he always be around the Jews where they have synagogue. And of course, that's where the believers also are fellowshipping. Some of them are Jews, some of them, some of them are Gentiles, and they have their fellowship. But well, once they saw Paul was there, those antagonistic Jews wanted to kill him. They thought he was the one spreading this thing all over the world. So they wanted to get rid of Apostle Paul. So that was why 
when he said he wanted to go from 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 Macedonia, from Greece, he wanted to sail to Syria. The Jews were laying wait for him, so he decided to go through Macedonia again. And they accompanied him into Asia. So Peter of Beria and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus and Gaius of David. Now you see, when he was in all of those places, many people said, what to preach about. So they became a bigger, a bigger company of believers now. Bigger company now of a, a team of more than just uh, himself and Silas. Now we don't see Silas. Silas has perhaps gone to another place. So since he left Silas and now he has gone to Jerusalem back, he was now going with Timothy. And wherever all these churches he was visiting, some of them wanted to participate in the evangelism. But they, they loved the work of the Lord and they wanted to participate. So that now he, he now has a team of many more people. In verse 4 here, in verse 4 of chapter 20, he said, they accompanied him into Asia. So Peter of Beria, that from Beria is a brother, is a Peter he wants to follow too. And of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secondus, the two from Thessalonians that wanted to follow in the evangelism. And Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and uh, Timothy also is from Lystra and Derby. So that's the Gaius and, of the, and Timothy. And of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. So those are all the people that now become t- members of his team. As he was going about in this third missionary journey, of call it, or what do you call it, third missionary journey. These going before tarried for us at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. So now, look at a, a destination where they are all planning to go right now. I think Apostle Paul was thinking of going towards Jerusalem. Like he said earlier on, he said, after I visit Jerusalem, I want to go to Rome. So now, many of the believers that were going as members of his team, and we can they listed in verse 4, how many people? So Peter, Oberia, Aristarchus and Secundus of Thessalonica, Gaius of David, then Timothy himself, and then Tychicus and Trophimus of your making seven. That's seven names that are the team, team of Apostle. Apostle is making number eight. And if Paul, if, I, if Luke was part of them, that become number nine. So we are talking of at least nine people that are going as a team right now. And if Luke was still just reporting it as what he, was, what he had, it was just eight of them. Verse five, see, they all went, see, this going before tarry for us at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi. So we are talking about other Luke was with them right now, that making nine of them. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them, unto this group of seven, to trust in five days, five days to get to trust, where we are both seven days. But upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. Now, this is a fellowship where they get to this section in Troas, and other believers are there. So their team is seven or eight or nine, and then also in trust, and they have a fellowship. And the apostle talked throughout the night for they are going to do the breaking of bread, but started in the evening. So Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continuing his speech until midnight. So that was all. 
a long sermon that maybe they started at 7 p.m. in the evening. And he was preaching, or maybe 8 p.m. in the evening, whatever time they gathered to do the breaking of bread. And he was still talking to them, teaching them more things, teaching them more things. He said, till midnight. Verse 8 said, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. Verse 9 was going to tell us some episode of what happened while they were in that fellowship. He brought that down from the third loft and died. Verse 9, and the Apostle Paul raised him up. Raised him up. Verse 9, and there sat in the window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Now you have to notice that young men, sometimes they are just following their parents, and this man passed with a teenager, and following their parents, and they are not used to all this long someone preaching and he was sitting on the on the window in that same upper room and then he fell asleep while the preacher was going on maybe the priest was still all listening but he himself still just fell asleep sunk in sunk down in sleep until he fell off, over out of the window somebody fell down and they ran downstairs and found that he, he fell down it's a third loft it's a three-story building And he said he fell and he was taken up dead. Verse 10 is the key. And Paul went down and fell on him. Meaning he covered the man with his own body. And then praising him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. So he knew that he's alive. And he said, They shall lay hand upon the sick and he shall recover. He just used that faith and the man was recovered. And if there's any broken, people that could have been broken, it was not broken because the angels carried young man palace. So that he didn't break any bone and they brought him alive. Verse 11. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. Verse 12 is the summary of what really happened to the young man. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comfort. I mean, he came back up alive and was not even feeling no pain. Any break, any broken bone? No. The Lord deliver the young one because of the gathering of the saints. The Lord is here with them. God saw those things going to happen. It's another sign that yeah, the Lord is in control here. And the boy came back healthy, came back, no broken bone, nothing happened, he said nothing happened. He was alive and well. So they have nothing. See they have nothing to even be comforting one another for. Well not a little comforting. I mean they don't even say, oh sorry, oh sorry no, your boy was okay. Verse 13, that was the miracle the Lord performed for them on that day. Verse 13. And we went before to ship and sailed into, unto Assos. They are intending to take him, Paul, for so are they appointed, minding himself to go afoot. So you see, the brethren just say, we, we will go in the ship and go to Assos. And we, Paul said, I'm going to walk and I'll meet you guys at Assos. So that's why they said they went before to ship and sailed unto Assos. They are intending to take him, Paul. For so Adi appointed, minding himself to go afoot. He wanted to have some time by himself, just walking, meditating, thinking about the Lord, talking to the Lord. So that's how he planned to do. And when he met with us at Assos, we took him in and came to Mytilene. We don't know how far he's through us to Assos, but he had planned that that was what he was going to do. Walking by on foot, we make him have a quiet time with the Lord. Maybe he'll sit down somewhere and meditate. He wanted to be away from the believer that you are going like a team together because excitement we catch 
get his attention away from the Lord. He wants to have time to the Lord. Every time we minister, we want to have time with the Lord. You and the Lord alone, no matter what your, how large is your team, people going up and helping do this ministry, separate yourself for a while, talk to the Lord. The Lord wants to talk to you. The Lord wants to refresh you. You need to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. So Apostle Paul gave us that example of he wanted to walk by foot alone and meet, them, meet the rest of the team in another place where they will now go into the ship with them. As for this, and when he met with us at Assos, we took him in and came to Mytilene, verse 15. And we sailed thence and came the next day over against Chios. And the next day we arrived at Samos and tarried at Trogilium. And the next day we came to Miletus. But Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. But he said if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So you know now the destination is Jerusalem. You are trying to go get to Jerusalem before Pentecost. So you can see all of these are coasts of uh, Mediterranean Sea. All these towns and cities we are talking about, they are just at the coasts of Mediterranean Sea, the eastern coast around Ephesus, around the Greece, around the, all those places until you get closer, closer down to, to Israel, Jerusalem. Verse 17. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, now he said, Apostle said, go into Ephesus. This time he just wanted to call for the elders and he sent some people to, to Ephesus. That these are small, small places that he could, they could, could take them two, three days to get to Ephesus, and then telling the, the people, the elders of the church in Ephesus to come, that he wanted to talk to them before he go to Jerusalem. And they came, maybe two, three, another two, three days to come to where he was, Miletus. And then he was going to talk to them, giving them charge concerning the church, verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all season, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Just reminding them of what has happened along the way since he was born. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and I've taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So he more or less summarized his ministry around them and with them. Now, this is what I've been doing for the past several years with you guys, preaching you guys, and I didn't owe anything back from you. But he's telling them this because he was now telling them, I may not see you for physic anymore. But I'm trying to keep, get you ready to keep doing the work of the Lord. That's why he was calling them to talk to them. Now verse 22 is where he started telling them why he called them. Now behold, I go bound in the spirit of Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So he said, the Holy Ghost already told me what is going to happen in Jerusalem, that I will be bound, I will be in bonds, I will be in affliction. But I'm committed to go to Jerusalem. That's why they say I'm, I'm bound to go to Jerusalem. I'm bound in the spirit of Jerusalem. It means the only that God has commanded him to go to Jerusalem is finishing his ministry. You know how many years he has been going about, 20, 30 years, going about from Tanzania, two, two, three times, missionary journeys, first round, 
Paula Barnabas, second round, Paula Silas, third round, himself alone with Timothy's going about teaching other people. And now he's going back to Jerusalem and said, he felt bound to go. But this time he was there, some believers who prophesied that, hey, this Jerusalem you are going this time, it's going to be rough. He said, yeah, I know. God has told him that. He got to another city, the believers who prophesied that, this Jerusalem you are going this time, it's going to be rough. Yeah, I know. The Lord has told him that. So that was what he meant by saying, he said, not knowing the things that you are before me, he already knew an idea, not that he didn't know. He said, I have an idea, but not knowing how it's going to really happen. Except that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. I mean, they are going to bind you, they are going to afflict you. Verse 24, say, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Say, I I have committed to do that. Verse 29, 25. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching, preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. That was what he wanted to communicate to them. That this may be the last time they will see him physically, because he just knew that this is coming to happen. So you may not see my face anymore, but I want to commit you unto the hand of the Lord. So I know that ye all, among whom I have preached the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 20 says that, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Say, take heed to feed the flock of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Christ purchased us with his own blood. What's the price to pay? He purchased all of us that are coming to him with his own blood. That blood that was shed on Calvary is for saving our soul. He paid a great price to save our soul and bring us to himself as disciples of Christ. So that's why I say he purchased us with his own blood. So we are to take it to make sure that we are filling the church of God, the believers, with good food of the word of God. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. See, there will be some false believers that will want to attack the church, whatever way the wolves will come in and do some havoc. But start saying, also of your own selves shall men arise. Speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. That is, they will not only visitors from the outside, uh, external people coming to try to attack and scatter you guys and say, you guys are following the wrong something. That is how the People that do not believe, we try to come in and bring in false ideas to make you say, you guys are following the wrong person. You guys are following the wrong religion. The Jews would like to do that, to scatter them from following Jesus. See, that's why he first said that wolves, grievous wolves will come in to try to scatter you guys. So, but watch unto yourself. By feeding this flock of Christ with good food, they will be aware of things that still can happen. When it happens, they know we are not surprised by this. Deceivers, they could avoid the deceivers. They believe that among your own selves, some will rise up trying to make disciples of themselves, saying they are bigger, they are greater. Very soon they are calling attention to themselves, not to Christ anymore, to themselves. He said that also could occur. That's why he said, Also of your own self shall men arise who claim to be believers among you. They will be speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. At least they are drawing up from all this crowd because they want to. Of a niche of group that are following them. 
instead of they are looking unto them rather than unto Jesus. So therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. He said, I've been warning you guys, so we have all this until you. Now, verse 32, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that this hands, he showed them his hands, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. What does that mean by his hands? He was saying that, look, it's not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't come preach to you to collect money from you guys to feed myself. No. He said, my hands have provided for it. He was a tent maker, making the tents, selling them, and then using the same money to go about evangelizing the world as the Lord commissioned him. And he also said, not only providing for himself, he said, also for the people that are with him. So you yourself know that this answer minister unto my necessities and to them that were with me. That is, even the we just described how many people were in his team. Eight people in his team making nine. He was saying that even this money that he's making from the tent making that he was making was provided not only for himself, but for all these eight people that were going with him. Well, that must be a lot of uh, profit from the tent making. That was how the Lord and bless. Because God needed the funding that Apostle Paul was also bringing in to do the same thing. So he didn't say all these eight people go and do this and bring your own money in. He said, man, he said these hands are provided for them. So that is exactly what the Lord is saying, making us to see that the Lord allows us to use our own funding, which is provided through another job that he, I, for example, my own self, I was an engineer. I am an engineer. I just retired from 2022, middle of 2022, July. But all the funding I've been doing for all the ministries have been from that engineering work that I've been doing over the years. Till I'm now 70 and I worked in I was 20 something. So all the engineering work has been used to propagate gospel. And God allowed that for those whom he sent out individually like that. that we know that this our generation, there are denominations that gathered their churches together and they collected money and used the money to pay pastors, to pay evangelists, to even send missionaries on journey, which means they are paying salaries to those missionaries. We are not like that. We are individually sent by the Lord. We are not part of those organizations. The organization we are part of is the Lord Jesus Christ's organization. So you can move upon any of that people to send donations. We accepted them. And the, and the donation, we also contributed from our own salary, make part of the funding that we used to do the ministry of the Lord. And that is what Apostle Paul was saying, that, that his hands have ministered unto his necessities unto them that were with him. We are reading Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 35. I have showed you all things out that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So he was telling that, he was showing this as an example. And God allowed him to show it as an example that by laboring with your own hands, you have enough to even give to others. So that's why the Lord said we should keep doing it that way also. So when we work and get our salary, we donate part of that salary to do the work of the Lord. So that we have enough also to even give to others. That's what he meant. And Apostle Paul said, it is, the word of the Lord has said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Pastor 6 said, and when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. Now, this is the reaction of these elders from Ephesus. Pastor 7, and they all wept, so, and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorry, most of all, for the words which he speak that they should see his face no more. 
and they accompanied him onto the ship. So somebody say uh, he's going away, you, you may never see his face anymore, and you love him, you'll be crying for him. That was what happened to these elders. They were weeping that they will see his face no more. And someone that are coming and out with them two, three years preaching, teaching, and they are fellowshipping together, and he's going away, he knew. It's not something happened to somebody you don't know. You will know. If you are following the Lord, the Lord does not allow things to just happen suddenly to people that he, is, that he has sent out, that is his disciples. Just like the apostle Peter was able to write in his second epistle there that he, the Lord has showed him that he was about to put off his tabernacle. Those that are following the Lord, God doesn't allow them to just die like that, like people fell in an accident and die. They would have known, God will tell them, if it's going to be this way, it's going to be that way, they're about to come home. See? That is how those who are serving the Lord are getting that benefit. And God has also promised us in this time that we can live without seeing death. The very, 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 I said, so if a man keep my sins, I never see death. And I will believe that I'm believing for that. And my father God has said to him that death is not available for my body. I believe it and I confess it. Death is not available for my body. So that is the word of the Lord to me, personally. So, but this is what the Bible are saying, that all the people that serve the Lord, the Lord will show to them, even if they are coming home, the Lord will show to them so that they are prepared. They are preparing themselves for that. And that is what Apostle Paul was telling them, that look, he knew that he was going to Jerusalem, he may not see these people anymore, anymore on this side, on this side of, the, of, the, of the universe. Because even if we go to heaven, we are going to meet him in, in heaven, in Greenland. So he said, he may not see his face anymore, and they were weeping so for that. Because he knew that he was going to go to Israel, something's going to happen, he was going to be arrested or beaten or something. So he didn't know how it was going to end, but the Lord told him that when he got to Israel, God said, You will get to Rome. And you see that in the next few chapters. But that was how we end up chapter 20. Apostle Paul now went into the ship, and the people followed and accompanied him onto the ship. We continue in chapter 21. God bless you. Amen.